0: Welcome back to Career Compass, a podcast from SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, and the SHRM Foundation. Career Compass prepares the future leaders today for better workplaces tomorrow.
1: As the voice of all things work, SHRM supports students and emerging professionals with advice, information, and resources for every step of your career. Designed for the student or emerging professional,
0: Career Compass delivers timely, relevant, and critical conversations about work to help you succeed in your career journey. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. My name is Erica Young and I will be your co-host.
1: And my name is Chrissy Perola and I will also be your co-host for this episode. During this episode, we will explore how extended education, especially through certifications and credentials, will catapult your career trajectory and what you can do to start this journey today. To help tackle this topic, we will be joined by Sherms Vice President of Certification, Nancy Williver.
0: And with that being said, let's get started.
1: So Erica, I know you recently received your SHRM SCP certification. Congratulations. Thank you. How was that journey for you and what was your study plan? What did you think of the exam? Tell me all about it, because I've got a lot of questions. (laughs) I have a mixture of answers
0: to all of those questions. For one, it was definitely challenging and stressful at the time, but super rewarding. I feel like I learned so much. And, you know, as I had mentioned in the first episode, I, at the end of 2019, got my master's degree in industrial organizational psychology which is very relevant, like I saw a lot of overlap between, you know, content that I learned in that degree, as well as content that was in the SCP, things like strategic planning and change management um, were some themes that came up. But there was also, I mean, a decent amount of information that I learned in studying for the SCP that I had really given no thought to, and was really interesting to me. Um, Some examples are, you know, how to design and manage a global HR team? Or what do you do with your people strategy if you're undergoing a merger and acquisition? And there were a couple other like sort of more business topics that that were included in the SCP uh, materials that I learned in the process. And I'm really grateful for learning. As far as the studying goes, I am sort of both ashamed and impressed all at the same time of how I studied for it. Ashamed. And I don't recommend this because I only left myself six days to really study. Um, And it became apparent that I would need much more than that pretty early on. I had started by taking like this three day course that's offered through Sherm, which I think illuminated the extent to which I underestimated how much I would need to study and then from then on i was studying you know 9am to 12am or 2am to get ready for the for the exam and i took full advantage of the sherm learning system which i honestly can't speak more highly it was incredible they have several practice exams so you take one in the beginning to see you know what areas you you have a solid understanding of, and what areas you don't? And then they um, supply you with quizzes and like short learning segments on this learning journey, really. To improve on those areas that were not as strong in that initial assessment. So I did that. And then I took another practice assessment and it pointed me in other directions. And then finally, I took a final practice assessment (laughs) like the night before my exam. (laughs) Um, And it told me I passed. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, here we go. Um, And then I took the exam from home because, you know, this was in July 2020, just a couple months after COVID hitting. And I, and then ended up passing. But really, um, I, I credit a lot of my ability to be prepared for the exam
1: to the Sherm learning
0: system, which was fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate all that information. And I knew about some of those benefits, but I didn't know about all of them that the Sherm learning system provided, and which is great because I'm actually just starting my studying process now, cause I'm scheduled to take my CP exam in January. So this is all awesome information and I definitely have to get things all together so I can not just do well, but take advantage of just all the different avenues that I can do to be successful in this. So thanks for all that.
0: Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that you're getting started with your studying now <laughs> rather than the path I chose. Don't recommend that path, but especially since you're starting now, you can totally do it. I have full confidence that you will rock the the Sherm CP, and obviously I'm here if you need any support along the way. You know, for me, I started off by really identifying how the certification would help me in my own career, um, and that's sort of what I guess projected me to start on that journey toward the the SCP. And I had decided that you know I love strategic HR, and I wanted to be in more strategic roles in the future, and that. Thinking was sort of the motivating factor of getting the SCP fr- from my perspective. I'm kind of curious, you know, from your perspective, what value do you think the certification would bring you or what's motivating you even to to go for it?
1: Sure. So as I mentioned in our first episode as well, a kind of non-traditional path and went and did a whole four years at Penn State, but because I changed my major so many times, like I'm sure a lot of students have done, uh it it set me on a different path where I was starting to get promoted in the hospitality industry and I had to make a choice. Are you gonna further your career right now or are you gonna take another year, probably year and a half of school and finish it at this time. So I decided to further my career. And at that point, didn't have a degree. And so and, and I still don't, I'm working on it. But in the meantime, what's nice about this certification is I think it holds a lot of weight. And I see that, you know, in job searching before I came on to that it's do you have a bachelor's degree or either a, you know, Sherm CP or SCP certification. So it is nice to know that even though it's going to take me a lot longer to finish my degree, I can take basically a semester and study to get my certification and it hold a lot of that same weight.
0: Awesome, yeah, I totally agree. Certifications can certainly help in in you know planning out your your career path and to that point, holding weight in representing your skills and abilities right. Thankfully, if you have any additional questions, I'm sure our guest would be more than happy to assist. With that, this is a perfect transition to introduce our guest, who is Nancy Wooliver. Uh, she is a Sherm SCP and joined Sherm in 1997. Uh, she originally joined to plan Sherm's conferences, seminars, e-learning, and executive education programs. In 2006, she began leading Sherm's academic initiative to raise HR educational standards and led the test development and administration of Sherm's student capstone exam before joining the certification team as director of exam development in 2017. And then in 2019, Ms. Williver became the vice president of certification operations as overall product and project owner with responsibility for exam development, certificate care, and testing administration. Before joining Sherm, Ms. Williver ha- held various management positions in industry and academia. Her specialty areas are, of course, test development, training and development, and Ms. Williver holds a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in HR,
1: both from George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. We are so excited about today's conversation. And with that, Career Compass, would like to warmly welcome Nancy Wolliver.:
2: Thank you. Thank you both for that nice, nice introduction and that nice welcome.
0: Absolutely.
2: Looking forward to speaking with you and answering lots of questions.
0: We've got them for you. So to start off, because I know you also have your SHRM SCP, how have you been able to apply the knowledge and skills from the certification in your own career?
2: That's a really great question, Erica probably in my current position and actually in in the positions that I held a couple of times before as so a director of exam development and director of academic initiatives those level of positions really have made me rely on the behavioral competencies much more so than the the particular knowledge areas i look at the 15 knowledge areas tested in the knowledge part of the exam as mostly like, you know, this is what you need to know and know how to do to to do HR on a daily basis. But the behavioral competencies really allow someone in the kinds of positions that I've held to basically show that I am able to competently use what I know and know how to do to perform well. Um, And so like things like consulting with other people and relationship management, ethics, critical evaluation is a big one. I do a lot of analysis and evaluation and have to articulate those types of things to others, especially when you're formulating a strategy or implementing a strategy, those types of things. So I really have been able to leverage all of the good parts of the HR knowledge area to help me behave more and perform more competently as a SHRM certified HR professional.
1: That's awesome. So Now, kind of looking at the students and emerging professionals, why do you think that they should have and hold so much weight and really pursue these different credentials and certifications?
2: Well, I think that what we've seen through all of our research, and we do do extensive research with people who have taken the exams already and people who are just completing the exam on screen or in a testing center, we we collect a lot of data. And all that data consistently shows that there are certain things that motivate individuals to get SHRM certified. And one of them is a desire to be more regarded and more respected by their colleagues. Another one is to be able to prepare themselves to take on higher levels of responsibility or be promoted. And then on the other side of the coin, we know that folks have told us um, when we do research with them after they've been certified for a while that earning their SHRM certification has enabled them to increase their earnings at a higher rate than than other um, colleagues in their organizations who are not SHRM certified. So for example, on average, SHRM SCPs are, according to our research, are paid about five to 7% higher than their non-certified colleagues in, in similar positions. And, S- and CPs are paid about eight to 9% higher than uh, their colleagues in similar positions. So those types of things are, are motivating. But, but plus in today's job market, I think it really pays to have both a degree and a certification. So for any student who attends a, a university whose curriculum has been acknowledged as aligning with the body of competency and knowledge, which is the same thing that's what drives the test blueprint, what, you know, what you're tested on the exam, those students have the opportunity to earn the CP in their final year of study as long as they've got enough of the HR Uh, experience requirement and we work with students to figure out what are the kinds of things that you have access to throughout your college or your graduate school career that would make you eligible, you know, earning the degree at a Sherman line university already fulfills the education requirement part of the eligibility requirements but um, working on certain types of projects, either an internship or a service learning project or doing dedicated research or focused projects for a local HR professional, those types of things all count for students to be able to have that all important um, experience requirement to take the exam.
1: That's really awesome. I think like I kind of expressed before for essentially like another semester of work to have an eight or 9% advantage over other employees coming out of school just because you took the time to take a certification or you know earn another credential i think is a huge leg up and people should definitely take advantage of that plus
2: anecdotally we've also learned from folks who are certified and who are taking the exams that the SHRM credential is one that is really relevant to the type of work that's done in HR these days. It's not just a trivia quiz. It's something that allows you to show that you're able to use what you know in order to to um, behave well and be a contributing HR professional to your organization from day one. So,
0: Yeah, no, that's really interesting um, and really great that you're keeping track of all that uh, information related to the the certifications and how they can, you know, increase promotions and earnings and all of that. It's very interesting. One thing that is cropping up, you know, as we think about students today who are part of the Gen Z generation There's a lot of conversation around personal branding in the world of work, but especially with our younger generations. How do you think certifications or credentials enhance someone's personal brand and make them more marketable?
2: Well, I think credentialing in general, anything that you can add to your personal brand that shows employers, especially those who are hiring that you are, you invested in yourself, you've invested in your career development and in your own personal growth, that that's what employers are looking for. They're looking for that you, you're interested in the, the type of position that they have available, but they, they want to see what you bring to the table. And the more that you've invested in yourself and the more that you're able to show, I mean, I, I can't think of a single credentialing organization these days. And SHRM does it with our certifications and with our specialty credentials as well. Digital badging is huge. And there are now these clearinghouses where you can consolidate all of your knowledge and your experience and all of your digital badges at one place. So employers are able to to look at your profile and figure out who is this that I'm inviting to come in for an interview? Do they have everything that I'm looking for? And there are even recruiting Companies now, like I I know of one that we work with that allows the candidate to add as, as much to their profile and then confirms with whoever the credentialing body is that they did in fact invest the time and the work required to earn the credential and then they can post their digital badge in their profile and Companies can search on whether or not somebody has the type of profile that they're looking for, the type of credential that they're looking for. So I think it's becoming increasingly important. And we do know that 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 is one thing that hiring companies are looking for. They actively require or prefer SHRM-CP or SHRM-SCP so we're trying to provide our credential holders with information that will tell them how to leverage their personal brand and make sure that their brand is comprehensive enough so that a potential employers know where to find you
1: that's a really great point and i do want to highlight something you mentioned earlier about you do all this research to really show that a shrm certification holds that weight as i've been saying but we also know like there's a lot of other products out there what are what are the things that really make the SHRM certification stand out, and why students and emerging professionals should choose that one? I mean, I know I am, but I'd love to hear your answer on that. Well, I, I actually I get asked that question a lot, Christy. So that's a fabulous question,
2: and I have a really great answer for everybody. So the thing that sets the SHRM certification apart from every other HR generalist certification out there is that we are the only credential that allows you to to tell the world that you know how to use what you know and what you know how to do to to behave competently. And by that, I mean, we test behavioral competencies. A lot of certifications test only knowledge competencies, and SHRMS is the only global certification. It's developed from a global perspective. It's a universal certification. It's the only one that is available for four different HR career levels. And it's the only one that tests the behavioral competencies through what we call situational judgment test items. And what that means is you get presented stories that are things that typically happen that HR professionals all across the globe are familiar with that have most likely encountered in their career or heard stories about from people in their network. And they provide an opportunity for the person when when they're taking the exam to show that they are able to use what they know in order to make decisions and make judgments and solve problems as they're presented in the situation that's shown there on the computer screen as part of the test. And SHRM's two certifications are the only HR generalist certification that do that. There's no other exam that does that. And I think that that's why that translates to feedback from the people who teach our certification preparation courses, the people who take the exams, who comment on what the experience was like for them. Universally and unbidden, we don't ask people this, they volunteer that, yeah, this is so far different than other exams I've taken, which I will categorize in their words as they're just trivia quizzes. This is the only one that's relevant to what I do day in and day out as an HR professional, and I wouldn't consider pursuing any other HR certification other than SHRM's.
1: That's great. It's a good good to know that where you're investing yourself, your time, your finances is going to do the most to pay off.
0: True. So, one question I have for you. You know, as you were talking about the certifications and all of the value that it brings, I know from personal experience uh, in going through the process not too long ago that. There were a lot of good tips and tricks that you mentioned, Nancy, before I embarked on the SCP process. Specifically, you kind of touched on, I remember, you know, what people typically struggle with um, and find difficult when preparing. Could you share some of those, those thoughts on, you know, what's typically more challenging when preparing for the, for the SCP or CP? Well, I think a
2: lot of people have a tendency as far as if you're if you're talking like test taking tips is that is that sort of like how do you navigate the exam is that what you're hoping to get?
0: Yeah, because you, I mean, you brought up those situational judgment questions. And it reminded me that that was one area where I really, I found that I really needed to practice, like I could learn a lot of the knowledge pretty quickly. But I, I was so out of practice when it came to the situational judgment questions that I, I really struggled with that in the beginning. And I remembered you mentioning that that's where people really often need practice. Right. Well, uh, and I think I have some really good advice on that um, because
2: there, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the learning system is fabulous and there are things that you can definitely use the learning system to do a deep dive on and and brush up on the knowledge areas where you think you might need some more, some more knowledge before diving in and taking the exam. But I always tell people that, you know, before you start any study plan, and especially to navigate the situational judgment items, you really need to download a copy of the body of competency and knowledge from the SHRM certification website and become familiar with all the definitions and all of the proficiency indicators for the 15 knowledge areas, and even more so for the eight behavioral competencies, because for the eight behavioral competencies, the items that appear, the situational judgment items that appear on the exam they are testing those behaviors because proficiency indicators for the eight behavioral competencies as shown in the BAC, and they appear in the learning system too, but they are definitely in the BAC. That is the definition of this is what best practice is. This is what competent behavior looks like in practice. And because the situational judgment items are asking you how do you make decisions? How do you make judgments? What should you do? What's the best thing to do? What's the most effective course of action here? Those are, those are all typical kinds of questions that you would see in the 64 situational judgment items. Those are the types of things that they're mostly going to be based on your experience. And what I tell folks, especially for students starting out, this is where you leverage your network. You probably have faculty members who have taught you. You've probably engaged with your local SHRM student chapter. You probably have your own SHRM student chapter. You've probably invited guest speakers to your SHRM student chapter. You should have them tell you stories about things that they've encountered in the workplace, because that's how you're going to refine your ability to use the proficiency indicators for the behavioral competencies to make judgments and make decisions. And what I typically tell folks is, if you're reading the proficiency indicators for each of the eight behavioral competencies, and you come across a, a proficiency indicator, you're like, "Wow, I have no idea what that is. I've never had to use that to solve a problem. I've never had to use that behavior to uh, address a the situation." Then that's where you leverage your network. And and you know, a lot of people tell me that they've followed this advice, and they actually contact folks in their network and say, "Hey, I'm studying for the SHRM-CP." and i'm you know trying to hone my skills on how to navigate the situational judgment items and i've come across a proficiency indicator that i can't think of, of an example of when you would use this to solve a problem or make a decision have you ever and if they say yes then say tell me about tell me about the situation so you can exp- uh, broaden your base of experience because situational judgment items They're the 50% of the exam that's on basically experience. And I don't want students to get daunted, especially traditionally aged students, to get daunted by the fact like, oh my gosh, I have limited experience. To be honest with you, it doesn't really matter because you're going to be able to engage in all these conversations. And the test is written for the level that you are, your early career. So it's not going to ask you to make some sort of a decision that you would never have access to being in your early career mode. So I, uh, that, that's what I generally recommend. Is that, is
1: that a helpful answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think sure. so. I, I think it's also great as somebody who's closer to that generation, because some advice that was given to me was you got to treat this as if you are sitting in almost like a Fortune 500 company, what are the best practices? And at this point in your career, if you're just starting out, like you said, especially traditionally aged students, you haven't been tainted by bad practices yet. So you're really kind of learning the best way to do it from the beginning.
2: Right. Yeah. And I, and I would say actually for early career people, uh, I don't know who gave you that advice, but that's, that's not actually such good advice. Oh, that's really good to know. Well, the most important thing. Yeah. The most important thing you need to do is if you're, is if you're taking the Sherm CP you need to be focusing on what is the profile of an individual that takes the SHRM-CP as opposed to what's the profile of an individual to, who takes the SHRM-SCP. And early career professionals don't take the SCP. That The SCP is the, is the, that exam is designed for people who are at the strategy level, at the policy level. I call it the boss and everybody else around position. It's the, uh, you are directing the entire HR enterprise. You have a team of HR professionals that implement your strategies, your policies, your practices, but you do not do much, if any, of the transactional work of HR yourself. The transactional operational types of roles, non-strategic roles, non-directorate roles, not directing the entire HR enterprise, not doing completely integrated HR, meaning you, you might be a specialist, Those are the folks that have a tendency to take the CP the early and the mid-career people because just like many, many other professions, there are not that many positions at the top. That's why about 77% of the people take the CP exam and only about 23% of the people take the SCP exam, if that's helpful to know.
1: Oh, that's definitely helpful to know. And it's, it's good to know that there's more of a difference than I really originally thought. So thank you for sharing that with me for sure.
2: Sure, sure. I actually think that that's the most important decision to make. Now, of course, if you're a student at one of the sherman aligned universities, you, you can only take the CP. There, there may be some students who have returned to workplace that are earning their master's degree and have already worked in HR for a, lot, a while. And if you're in the type of position that you um, are already doing the strategic level work, building policy, completely integrated HR, directing the entire enterprise and doing it for a while, then probably the SCP is the best exam for you. Awesome.
1: Well, what do you think, as we're starting to get to the ends of our questions here, what are the steps that need to be taken to pursue that certification or credential? You started to touch on it a little bit, but if you can elaborate a little more, that'd be great. Sure. So for students, I'll I'll
2: focus on the students who attend the Sherman-Line Universities first. We basically know who you are and we will reach out to you and we will we will give you an opportunity to go into the system and apply. It's a really straightforward process. Everybody applies to the same place. It's at portal.sherm.org. And working professionals who haven't taken an exam in a while have a tendency to have test anxiety. But this is where I would say don't psych yourself out. Keep a positive attitude, go into it thinking, I know my stuff, I can do this. I always tell people, certainly don't go into the test thinking, I'm going to fail. Because if you have a negative mindset, then you're setting yourself up for failure. But after you engage in your application and get your authorization test letter, you have two testing options to test at home or in in a test center. So choose your testing option. And then give yourself plenty of time to study. We, we know that the sweet spot to study is probably between 80 and 120 hours. And that, that's in addition to whatever you're already studying in school. So for traditional age students and for, for um, folks that are at different phases in their career, if you're going to take a cert prep class, then we usually recommend that you take that about three months before your test date. It's usually best to take that course right before you're getting ready to take the exam. So definitely study, definitely prepare. And then make sure that you center yourself and focus for your last, your last week. I, I was chuckling, Erica, when you were saying that you left yourself six days to study. And I'm like, <laughs> well, wait till she hears what I have to say about that. I knew you were judging me when. <laughs> no, 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 no judgment. No judgment. Just sort of like a mild chuckle every couple of seconds. Yeah. But um, yes, don't do that to yourself. And I always say, in, engage your whole village so that your community, whether that's co-workers, co-students, faculty, family, co-workers, if you work, it's like, tell everybody, unless you don't want to, if you want to keep it a secret, keep it a secret, but it's like, this is my study plan, don't don't kill my joy, don't get in my way, and then just stick to your study plan and, and execute when you get there. I do also recommend taking, like, the last 24 hours ahead of time, like, so, like, for example, the cautionary tale from Erica is don't be taking get the practice exam. At am the night before your exam but um try to take the day off before try to focus keep your mind clear don't overanalyze things and then when you get there just answer the questions that are on the the screen in front of you don't read into it don't answer a question that you think we're asking because that's not there's no trick questions my boss likes to say run dmz did not write this exam there are no trick questions so yes, we're just asking you that straightforward question that is appearing there on the screen. We, we coach item writers who are, come from all over the globe. We probably have 80 countries represented in our item writer workforce. And we tell them, just ask a question simply stated in clear language that can be understood by everybody across the globe. And if you don't do that, we are going to give it to somebody else who's going to edit it and make sure that that is so. So again, don't suck yourself out, go in there with confidence. I've got this, I'm going to do well. And chances are you will.
1: That's great. I'm currently taking notes for myself, for my study habits. And I've gotten big, bold, highlighted letters. Do not study last minute. You heard Nancy. She'll be disappointed.
2: (laughs) Yes, yeah. Do not make Nancy angry. Um, and of course, you can you can always just bop down to my office on the third floor, and I'll give you your own personal uh, your personal webinar. But I will say that for everyone else, there is a recording of a webcast that I just did. It was specifically all about the exam and all about preparing, and included some great test taking tips. And that is now available to to view. So in addition to this great podcast, I would recommend that anyone. Who is getting ready to take the exam? Either listen to that recording or attend one of the other ones that we have throughout the year. We do those
1: about four times a year. Awesome. Very helpful. Thank you so much.
0: Yes. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and insights, Nancy. Personally, I not only felt a sense of accomplishment and relief, you know, after I got the SCP, particularly because I. Did not follow the greatest direction, um, my own direction and prepping for it. But I also, you know, relief and accomplishment, but I also felt like I um, and feel like I use a lot of the, the knowledge and skill sets that I gained throughout the process just in everyday, everyday life. Even though I'm not working, you know, in a kind of more traditional HR role the content I really felt like was applicable to anyone working in or around human capital. Thank you so much, Nancy, for sharing your thoughts and insights. I think everything that you had shared with me prior to going into the SCP process was very helpful, and I'm glad that others can hear it through this podcast. So thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you, Erica, and to Christy as well. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and, and share some information with all of you who are aspiring to become SHERM certified. I want to remind you, just keep your wits about you. Remember that you need to give yourself credit for everything you know, you know how to do and that you have studied well and you will do well on the exam. Keep a positive attitude and when you've gotten your pass notice, which I hope you all will, be sure to celebrate and then connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you passed. So thank you again very much for having me as your guest
1: today. Absolutely, love it. So with that, we're going to bring this episode of Career Compass to a close. We'd like to thank Sherm and Sherm Foundation for providing us with this platform. But more importantly, we'd like to thank you all for joining us and hope that you stay with us throughout the season as we discuss more topics like this episode. For more exclusive content, resources, and tools to help you succeed in your career, consider joining Sherm as a student member. You can visit us at sherm.org forward slash students to learn more about being a part of a community of over 300,000 HR and business leaders who impact the lives of over 115 million employees worldwide. If you liked what you heard, we'd love your subscription. You
0: can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or just
1: wherever you listen to
0: podcasts.
1: And do you have a topic you think we should cover or a guest we should hear from? We'd love to hear it. Email us at Podcast at sherm.org.
0: Lastly, are you looking for more work and career related podcasts? If so, check out All Things Work and Honest HR at sherm.org forward slash podcasts. And thank you again for listening. We'll catch you all next time on the next episode of Career Compass.